0: you have your Bible, go to the book of Obadiah. And I just want to run through the minor prophets kind of as the messengers. some of the things that we've heard uh, so far. We've heard about Hosea and how God had called Hosea uh, to go rescue Gomer. And um, in his obedience to the word of God, he went and rescued uh, Gomer, even though he probably didn't want to. We talked about Joel and and the tragedies of life that God might send our way. Uh, to get our attention, natural disasters to get our attention. We talked a little bit last week about the book of Amos, talking about being rebellious and uh, how rebellion can even happen within our own hearts uh, in a church setting. And uh, so we saw that about the nation of Israel, how they knew the truth, uh, but they chose not to get involved with the truth. And so um, I was telling uh, one of my friends a story that happened to us on Friday night. And um, the story basically reminds me of these three things So I'll share a little bit briefly with you uh, this morning about this story. Um, Seth has this buggy that he um, has been working on, and we haven't got it any farther. So he made the decision he was going to sell it. And I said, okay, fine. And so he told me on Friday night the guy was going to come pick it up. And I said, fine. So I said to Susan, we were going out to eat. I said, babe, it would be really nice if when this guy comes to pick up this buggy that we're not there. And she says, why? I said, because we're going to have to load that thing. And so, um, and so we got home from, from supper, and, um, and uh, Seth said, well, the guy's on his way. He's driving from two and a half hours away. He's going to pick up this buggy. He's going to be here at 8.30, and it's 8 o'clock, and I'm at the house. And I said, okay, Lord, what can I do to get out of the house between now and 8.30, because I know nothing about this stuff. I mean, it's, I know nothing. So... Um, this guy shows up in this old Ford pickup truck, and it's, I'm not saying anything bad about Ford, but it's banging and clanging and everything. He's got this double-axle trailer, and he's trying to back it up to this buggy, and I'm kind of giggling, because he, he can't back this trailer to save his life, and so I'm figuring we're going to be here forever. So finally, he gets back to the buggy, and Seth explained to him, you know, they've got to put air in the tires and all this other stuff, and... And so I said, okay, cool, as long as he knows all this stuff getting here. So I'm thinking this guy knows what he's doing. He's going to bring a wench. He's going to bring come along. He's going to bring an air compressor. He's going to bring all this stuff. No. So I go outside, and in my heart, I've been thinking through, I've, literally, I've been thinking through these three things. Lord, I don't want to do this. And and this almost getting to the point where Lord said, "Okay, I'm sending this your way," and I'm at this point, I'm rebelling. <laughs> I'm like, "God, I I don't I don't know how to do. I don't want to know. I don't know anything how to do. I don't know. I don't want to do this, God. I don't want to do this." And so this guy finally pulls out this come along. He said, "Yeah, oh yeah, I got one. I got one." I'm say, so, "Okay, great." He pulls it out. That thing probably hasn't been used in ten years probably at least so we're spraying this he's spraying you know blaster all over it you know eventually it you know breaks free and so now we're trying to push this buggy to the back of the trailer because he didn't get it backed up straight then we end up lifting the front of the buggy over to get it in front of the ramps and i'm saying lord this is ridiculous and i'm thinking all the words that you think but you're not going to say out loud in church i'm thinking all these words i'm saying lord this is crazy so I said, okay, Lord, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not, obviously I'm not saying this out loud because, you know, he's trying to sell it and I'm not going to, you know, I'm just trying to help. I want to be a help. And so um, eventually we get this thing on this, this trailer and it's about 11 o'clock at night. And, and I fall. we finally had to call Will to bring another come along over and an air compressor. And, and so we, we get it all there and, and it's gone. And, And it's like the Lord said to me, you know, obviously I don't hear voices and it wasn't audible. But he said, see, I want to teach you a lesson. I want you to depend on me. Because at times you're proudful." I'm like, wait a minute. This is just about you getting rid of a buggy. Why am I in this? Why are you talking to me about this? And he was talking to me about this because we come to the book of Obadiah. And I think I I have an idea, not saying this has happened, but I have an idea what happened last week. We talked about rebellion. And you thought of other people. We've talked about natural disasters and you're thinking of other things. We've talked about Jose and Gomer and you're, you're thinking of all the Gomers. And you haven't grasped in that passage of scripture that God had a plan to rescue you. And God wanted you to say, hey, hold on a second. No, Gomer's me. And there's times in my life that God had to step in and say, I want to rescue this individual. And there's times that God's going to send things your way to get your attention. And there are times in your life that you're going to live in rebellion. You're going to know the truth. You're going to say, God, I know that. But I'm not interested. God, I don't want to be obedient to the truth. And so now this morning as we go to the book of Obadiah, you're going to have to come face to face with the word that you hear often, but I'm not sure that we deal with often. It's called pride. It's you and Jesus today. And are you going to walk out of here and say, you know what, I'm... and there's a tendency, I got it every Sunday, there's a tendency to think of 25 other people, forget the 25, it's you today. You can deflect and deflect as long as you want to. The only person you're going to hurt when you deflect is yourself. And so as much as I knew on Friday night, I knew that God wanted me to be out there because that's what dads do. They help their boys. As much as I knew that's where I wanted to be inside of me, I'm thinking, I'm you, I don't know how to help this guy. I don't have any of the equipment. I don't have the tools. I don't have any of the stuff. Just be there. You just humble yourself, and you walk outside, and you be there. And when they say lift, you lift. And when they tell you to push, you push. You don't, you're not going to give any advice because you don't know anything. Just be there. And so this morning, as you look at the nation of Israel, and, and there's been difficult things that have happened, and this, this book of Obadiah goes all the way back to, to Isaac and Jacob and Esau, two nations and one nation had the opportunity to help the Israelites, but they chose not to. They just stepped off to the side and said, you know what, God? Destroy them. We don't care. And you got the Israelites that are looking at these Edomites saying, hey, why are they blossoming? God, that's not fair. God, they're wicked people. They're living high and living off the, up in the mountains. They've got security. We're down here being whipped up on. God, they're, that's not right. And God said, wait, I, I, I'll take care of them. I've got a plan for them. And so this morning as you have this opportunity, I really want you to evaluate your heart. We're not going to have an altar call. We're not going to have you sign documents. But you need to evaluate your heart, you and Jesus this morning. Because there's a natural tendency for us to do this. For it to be all about you. See, that's, that's not what Jesus wants. And so this morning, as, as you look at this passage of Scripture, the book of Obadiah, you can break it down in four ways. Edom's pride, Edom's wealth is going to be plundered. Edom's people are going to be slaughtered because of their crimes and because of their, their, their pride. They're, they're going to lose it all. It's going to cost them. So this morning, as you got this individual whose name is Obadiah, and his name means worshiper of Yahweh, And this individual is going to come to the nation of Israel and remind them and and let the Edomites know because of your pride you will be destroyed. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. As you think about this individual, I just want to remind us this morning because because we do have a tendency to say, Oh, well, you know, I'm pretty pretty important. I'm pretty special. And as we look at Obadiah, just the the meaning of his name is is reminded that he's a worshiper of Yahweh. Here's some interesting things about Yahweh, about our God, about the I Am. He never had a beginning. Every child asks, who made God? And every wise parent says, nobody made God. God simply is and always will be. He has no beginning. God will never end. God is the absolute reality. God is utterly independent. Everything that is, not, everything that is not God depends totally on God. All the universe is by comparison to God as nothing. God is constant. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever You cannot improve God. God is the absolute standard of goodness and beauty. God does whatever he pleases. And it's always right, always beautiful, and always in accordance with truth. God is the most important and most valuable reality, the most valuable person in the universe. I got that from John Piper. Who am I? And I know you read those things, and I know you, you have a concept. You have an understanding. But my question for you this morning is, if you know God is absolute truth, will you ask Him for help? If you know God has no beginning, will you ask Him, hey, I need your strength today. When, when the tragedy comes in your life, and whatever that's going to look like, Whatever the situation looks like, when it comes your way, will you say, God, help me? And it's fascinating. God sent thing after thing after thing into our lives. And all he wants us to do is stop and say, God, would you help me today? God, I need you today. But most of us have probably not even asked, we don't like to ask people for help, let alone God for help. And so we go about our lives thinking, you know what, we can take care of this. And so in your pride, it will cost you. In your arrogance, it will cost you. So this morning, as you look at the book of Obadiah, I want you to look at, at verse 3. The pride of your heart has deceived you. And you will live in the clefts of the, ro- you live in the, clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself... Who can bring me down to the ground? This is the Edomites. They're living in the clefts of the rocks. They've got natural protection from the rocks. And they're sitting up there saying, You know what, God? (laughs) Nobody's going to take us down. We are indestructible. And in their pride, they're saying, God, we don't need you. God, we've got what we need, it's around us, we've got the mountains. We've got the vantage point. Nobody's going to take us out. And so the nation of Israel was down from the mountain, and they knew what was there. They knew the corruption. They knew those wicked people. And in their hearts, they're saying, God, just destroy them. You ever said that to somebody about somebody? That you thought was prospering and you weren't? You're saying, God, that's just not fair. Well, God always has a plan. And God's not going to ask you for your opinion on his plan. But I want you to know something this morning. God humbles proud people. And God will send things into your life so that you will. And what's interesting to me is, is, and I, I don't understand this, because God, consent, God can make you do whatever He wants you to do. He could do that, but He chooses not to. That's fascinating me. The one who has no beginning can make you do whatever he wants you to do. Say whatever He wants you to say. Remember whatever you, He wants you to remember. Have you ever put something on your calendar and then forgot it? Do you ever ask yourself, "Why did you forget it? Because God wanted to humble you. That's just my opinion. God could have helped you remember that whenever He He wanted you to. He could have said, Oh yeah, you could have been driving down the road and say, Oh yeah, I was supposed to be, oh, I still got time I can get there. But he chose not to. And so this nation is depending on the hills, their strategic plan. They have a defense system, and they're saying, you know what, God? Who can bring me to the ground? There's one person that could. And his name is God. And there's one person that did bring them to the ground. And his name is God. And as you go on through this passage of Scripture, not only were they, they were proud because of where they lived, they were proud because of their wealth. Look at verse 5. If the thieves came to you and if the robbers in the night, oh, what a disaster awaits you. Would you then steal only as much as they wanted? If a grape picker came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? But how Esau was ransacked, his hidden treasures pl- pillaged. All your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive you, and your deceive you and your power overpower you. And those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it so even their wealth would be plundered from them you know it's interesting they just didn't put their their pride in their location and in pride in their in their wealth they put the pride in their warriors and if you look at verse 8 in that day declares the lord i will not destroy the wise i will not destroy the wise men of edom men of understanding in the mountains of esau your warriors or Temen will be terrified, and everyone in Esau's mountain will, shall be cut down to the slaughter. God was not just going to destroy their, their property or their wealth. the people would be destroyed too. Their warriors would be destroyed. And if you read on, and I'm going I'll leave this for you, but you can read on from 10 through 14, and you can see some of the reasons of their crimes against the nation of Israel. But I want to get you over to verse 15. The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. And so this morning, as I give you a word of reminder from the book of Obadiah about a group of people that that were proud, a group of people that put their, their strength and their pride in, in their, the clefts of the rocks and in their strategic place of where they lived and in their wealth and in their warriors. It cost them everything. And so this morning, as I read you these words, I realize you're just looking kind of what you probably would call a Bible or a book. But I think what's most important this morning is you think through the verse 15. It's an opportunity for you to stop and say, you know what, God? My deeds will be judged. Oh, and I know this is Old Testament. And I know that these people have been destroyed. And I know you can talk about the day of the Lord and we can talk about pre-tribulational rapture. We can talk about all those, you know, when the church is going to leave. We can talk about the tribulation period. We can talk about being mid-trib or post-trib or all those different things and talk about the day of the Lord until we're blue in the face. But I want to tell you something. He's coming back and you're going to meet him eyeball to eyeball. And when he comes back, you will meet him eyeball to eyeball, and then you will have to deal with something that hopefully you've been working on from the the first day that you found Jesus as your Savior to the day you meet him face to face, pride. Hopefully that there's a battle going on inside of you that you're saying, you know what, Lord? I don't want to be like the Edomites. I don't want to put my my faith in, the, in my surroundings. I don't want to put my faith in my money. I don't want to put my faith in how wise I am. God, I'm putting my faith in you. I'm humbling myself before you and you alone. I'm falling on my face and saying, God, I've got a problem and I'm asking you for help. I know what mostly happens. If you're anything, if I'm in it, and I was thinking about just bringing a chair out here and just sitting down and talking to you like you were in my living room. That's really what I wanted to do. Because I want you to know who, who we are as people. At times you think, well, he's a preacher. He's got it all figured out. No, I don't. Okay, I'll be a, you, you can ask him. You can ask my wife. They will tell you a lot. right? So from eternity past, God had a plan for keeping me really busy on Friday and then find this nice place to eat because there was something in my yard he wanted to go somewhere else and it was really to teach me a lesson. Just to remind me, hey, I got this taken care of and I sent this your way just to humble you. Just so you knew that it wasn't something that you could do. Something that I wanted to take you outside of my comfort zone. I, I kind of like sleep. You know, 9, thirty, ten 10 o'clock is pretty good. I'm pretty, I'm ready for bed. 10.30, 11, I get, can get grumpy. I'm sure none of you have that problem. And, and I kind of like, I have an idea. You know, this this kind of football, I'm getting ready for the weekend. I want to watch some football so I don't get to bed on time. I'm, you know, I just got, I'm sure none of you have any of these problems. And God wanted to rescue me again. God wanted to remind me that I was a gomer and I needed a savior. God wanted me to stop and say, Dad, will you help me do this? Because I really don't want to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do. And really what's, what's been neat for me is I've been studying this book is I was looking through Walvern and Zuck. One of their commentaries and um, this is really phrases it really well. The short book of Obadiah presents a powerful message. It shows what happens to those who reject God's word and his grace. Rebelling in foolish pride. During Edom's prosperity, many in Israel could have asked, Why do wicked people prosper? But the voice of Obadiah delivered, A thundering message in the Old Testament. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Obadiah's words underscore the fact of God's justice. For we know him who said, It is mine to to avenge. I will repay. It is dreadful. It's a dreadful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. One who responds in obedience to the grace of God has everything to gain. But a person who spurns, spurns, spurs his grace in pride has everything to lose. The one who responds in obedience to the grace of God has everything to gain. but the one who lives in pride has everything to lose and I was texting Ike Richard this morning and and so he texted me back and I was just sitting at my desk just looking at it he said you know preach like it's your last message you'll ever preach I feel fine I'm not planning on dying if God has a plan for me I'm okay with that but you know, if there's one thing I'd like to say to anybody, check your pride. If there'd be one characteristic that would excite me the day that I met Jesus face to face, and the time that I stood in judgment, and I'm, if I, I don't know if this is going to happen, but if I get a chance just to be there with you as a pastor, as a friend, do you know what I want Jesus to say to you? Thank you for asking for help. Can you imagine what it'd be like to look Jesus in the face? Somebody that for years you've been asking for help. Welcoming his embrace. Welcoming his words. Welcoming his wisdom. Welcoming his strength. Welcoming him, welcoming his part of help as you as you came out of being caught in sin, that over the years you just kept running to your father, Dad, I need you today. I can't, I, I'm stuck again, Dad. It's me. Would you help me again today? What, no want be no. that would be one of the best things that could ever happen to me is to stand next to another brother and sister, brothers and sisters that have been raised in a family that asked for help, that ran to their dad and said, Dad, we're here. Arden Gilmore texted me this this morning. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. And what's interesting is, as I as I finish with this, I um. You've heard me share the story before. Where I was a whirly bird, and Paul Patton talked about hell, and he scared me, and I said. <laughs> Whatever Paul Patton says I need to do, I'm not going to hell. So just tell me what I got to do, and I'll do it. And so I did. But you know what's neat? I'm not scared about hell anymore. I'm excited about my Savior. And so when he sends things... My way. Which we have no control over. You know what he wants me to hear me say? Help. When I'm reminded of, of, the, of the book of Hosea. And, and, and as many times I want to think about 25 other gomers that are caught in sin. I want to run back and say no that's me. That's a picture of me dad. And you love me enough to redeem me. You know what I've learned? Somebody that's been redeemed from much, loves much. And when my heart has a tendency to know truth and rebel against it, then I'd fall on my face and say, Dad, now you give me those words for instruction, for correction, for truth, for guidance. I'm going to run to you. I want you to pray with me. So, Dad, as you look in our family this morning, I don't know what you see. Do you see pride? Do you see humility? I don't know what you see. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows your heart. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He made you that way. He loves you. He died on a cross for you. He demonstrated his love for you. But will you ask him for help? Because if you don't ask him for help, it's going to cost you. It's not going to cost you, it's going to cost those people that are around you. So maybe, I don't know what it will be for you, but maybe it'll sound something like this. Dad, I need your help today. So, Dad, as you look into our family, would you please make a characteristic of our family that we would be willing to ask for help? That we would run from pride? Because we all know that you'll humble the proud. You'll do it. You'll bring them down. And so, Father, may our hearts just be humble before you. And in the situations that we don't know, and we don't understand, or We're frustrated and we would just stop and say, Dad, I I need your help today. So if you're here this morning, thanks for coming. Thanks for singing songs with us. My prayer is you really would ask your dad for help. That you'd humble yourself. So if you'd like to pray with somebody, there's a What's Next ministry in the back. Father, thank you for allowing us to look at truth. And thank you that we can depend on you and you alone. Give me Jesus. Because you're the only one that can help. You can have all the things of this world. Just give me Jesus you're the one that gives hope you're the one that will help so father thank you for allowing us just to spend some time with you around your word may you do in our hearts what you need to do in your name i pray amen